0: Hey friends i hope you're hunkered down and staying safe and riding out this pandemic the best way that you can i left the house on march 13th to go see my buddy gordon bonham play some blues here in indianapolis i came home that night and i've only left the house twice since then i've been hunkered down trying to be a good citizen the first time i left i had to drive to nashville on an emergency because my My dear friend Phil Kaufman, the Road Mangler Deluxe, had himself a heart attack and was in the hospital, so Amy and I went down there for that we came back home, stayed home for a couple months, and then had another emergency where I had to go see Mangler once again. I drove five hours to Nashville, got out of the car, sat on a lawn chair in Mangler's front yard with mask on, talking to each other for 90 minutes. I walked out, got in the car, drove five hours back to Indianapolis. But well, that's really it. I haven't left the house since, since then or other than that, other than to walk around the neighborhood and get some exercise. You know, the people who play music for a living, like myself, you know, we're the first ones to stop working and we're going to be the last ones to go back. And I'm not going to lie, it has not been easy at all, riding out this pandemic. I'm trying to be on the right side of it. And uh, I realize if I take it serious, maybe a few other people will also. But um, hopefully you guys are taking it serious, and you'll get to have some live music come to your town sometime soon. A quick update about this show. All the interviews that I do, I do face-to-face. It's a personal rule where I won't do anything over the phone or whatever. I want to be in the room sharing with people. And I think it's much better that way. So it's impossible right now for me to be in a room with people. And so the show has become rather difficult to do. I'm going to make myself do a few more shows where I fly solo coming up and uh, and it will continue on. I'm going to make an episode sometime in the near future, talking about the future of this show in a way that we can, Make sure that I keep doing it on a regular basis, but we'll get to that later. Like I said, man, take care of each other, hunker down, and please wear a mask. And I'll come to your town and play for you sometime soon. This is a way for me to share things with you guys without any filters whatsoever. I'm flying solo this week, and I'd like to talk to you about my new album, Hoosier National, which will be released September 18th, 2020. It's not the smartest idea to release a record in the middle of a pandemic. It was supposed to be released back in July the factory that was making the CDs got closed down, which delayed everything. The factory that was making the vinyl, and yes, you heard that right, I'm making vinyl for the first time ever, they got closed down. And the venue where I was supposed to have my release party, it got closed down. And everything else in the world, at least in the United States, seemed to get closed down at the same time and everything got delayed. This is the worst possible moment I could think of to try to release a record. The possibilities are endless. Most people would give up at this point, but I'm not most people, as you guys have learned over the years. I have a crowdfunding campaign or a pre sale, whatever you'd like to call it. You can Google indiegogo.com and Otis Gibbs, and you'll find that. You could go to the front page of otisgibbs.com, you could find that if there's a way for me to put a link in this show that you're listening to, I'll figure that out and maybe you can find it that way. But Indiegogo, Otis Gibbs, Hoosier National, I would love to have you be a part of it. Like I said, I made vinyl and if that goes well, I will go ahead and repress all of my old records one at a time in vinyl. A lot of you have asked me to do that over the years. So far, it's been selling pretty well. If that continues, then we'll see what we can do. But thank you guys for being there for me and take care of each other. Please wear a mask. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about Hoosier National. I'm a big believer in using limitations As a creative tool first thing I do when I start a project actually when I started this show I laid out parameters of what this show is I made a box that I would not go outside of in the same way that a painter will set out their palette of colors and they don't go outside of that palette halfway through the painting it makes it possible they know that everything will be harmonious and sing and work together if they stay within that palette. I believe in doing that with other kinds of projects. Every time I've made a record, I set out a universe that uh, this record exists in, and I have parameters. So for Hoosier National, I shouldn't say this out loud because it might ruin it for some people, but I think it might help some of you with your creative goals, you know, with your projects. I started out, I thought, you know, what are the parameters for Hoosier National? Well, I bought me some 13-gauge flat-wound strings and put them on my Les Paul. And I left them on there for three years, played them for just, just about every day, wore them down. And I thought most of the people that we listen to playing guitar on those old recordings in the early 60s or 50s, you know, they're playing flat-wounds and they're playing pretty thick ones. So I left those on there thinking, all right, it's going to sound a certain way. I don't even know what that is, but I know... It'll sound a certain way that completely changed the way I play guitar. It's impossible to bend anything at that point and you just have to work around it. So I, I use three-year-old 13 gauge flat wound strings. I plugged that guitar straight into a 1963 Princeton. It's one of the tuxedo models. It's the same one Mike Campbell uses. That's not why I bought it, but it's a nice little side effect. And it sounds great. And I thought, man, this is going to be the foundation of my record. So what else can be the foundation here? What, can, what other parameters will guide us through this world? I decided that all of the guitar parts need to be played with fingers and not with a pick. Like the old blues guys. That will make it sound different. That'll make it, me play different. I also decided everything had to be in an alternate tuning. There's no uh, standard tuning on any of these songs, and uh, that made things a little bit different. I also, I always have this rule. I want the drums to have no crashes at all, no crashes throughout the entire thing. I hate crashes. I don't think they add anything to music 99% of the time. I also wanted there to be no guitar solos. I wanted it to be a guitar record where we think about it as guitar, but not so much as a solo thing just i don't want it to be a wank fest these are songs i have this realization that what i do is obsolete you know it is uh not something that has popularity anymore but that's great it's a big huge world and there's a lot of people and there still is a lot of people who dig the sort of thing that i do i want to embrace that i've always tried to embrace that i I think i'm just a dinosaur roaming around looking for a tar pit you know just completely obsolete And that's fine, you know, as the world passes me by. I've often joked, I hope this doesn't rub anybody the wrong way, but I've often joked that I'm like that soldier that gets stranded on some island out in the middle of the Pacific during World War II. 20 years later, it's discovered that I'm living there and that soldier is still fighting the war, doesn't realize the war ended, and definitely doesn't realize that his side lost. I can relate to that person in an artistic way. And I've often joked that that's a good analogy for what I do. And that's fine. Just embrace who you are, warts and all, imperfections. And, uh, you know, that's another part of it. I wanted this to be imperfect. I have no interest in anything perfect whatsoever. Just wanted to make a record that I could be proud of. And that's all I really hope for going into this sort of thing. This first song i play for you opens up the record, and without going too deep into it, I'll just say that it's a, it's a product of these times in which we live right now. So uh, I hope you enjoy this. It's this nine-foot problem.
1: From the factory board, like a Midwest electrical storm, out past the shadows With no birds gather, a nine-foot problem was born. We stood by the clothes. To nine foot problems That's a whole town Industrial sounds With both feet flat on the ground With my eyes wide open I saw the world clearly with a nine-foot problem in town Preachers were peddling in faith But I saw through it in an early age It's a five-inch solution To nine-foot problems Never spoke to me anyway. I feel it fade. To sit back, watch my own town Wasting away Smoke from the factory road Like a Midwest electrical storm When they locked up the gates I saw brave men cower As a nine-foot problem was born Sometimes the nights drag on Bibles, bottles, and loans. They're just five-inch solutions to nine-foot problems And maybe it's just time to move on
0: Kid, you know, we grew up in Wanamaker, Indiana. We didn't have much money. My dad wanted to have a chopper. And one day he found a panhead engine at a swap meet in Beech Grove, Indiana. And uh, he bought it and he started building a chopper from just spare parts he found lying around. I have one photo that I know of of that chopper that I've posted on social media a couple times. Some of you might have seen that. But, um, I wrote this song pretty much for my dad about that chopper, and it's all true. The whole thing's true. A couple of the name places might not be accurate, but uh, I think uh, it tells the story pretty well, and I'll let it speak for itself. This is Panhead.
1: My old man found- a panhead engine had a swap meet in Beach Grove. It was lying between a combine and a rusted out John boat. No one knew if it'd turn over if it ever seen the road. Handed a man $30, turned around and took it home. As soon as he brought it in the barn, he started tearing it all apart. From the lower valve spring collar all the way to the rocker arms, set up half the night cleaning. Five wheels, shafts and bolts He said, son, I'm gonna build a chopper It'll be the finest on the road Made the road fall behind me As my wheels roll along Rolling 90 miles an hour Just trying my best to hold on They spent the next few years searching Anywhere he might find parts Yard sales and pawn shops Farmers cleaning out their barns He'd hang cycle, recycle Over on the nearest side And the guys behind the counter Would always help him with advice He'd watch the classifieds in the trader auctions and junkyards my uncle mike helped get the word out they were looking for used parts in a barn outside of fairland he found a straight leg frame bought a springer front end in shelbyville but i forget the man's name he went all the to buy a coffin-shaped gas tank Got a king-queen seat in Plainfield And it started taking shape Daggered foot, pegs down in Spencer Cross-shaped mirrors and chrome stars At a yard sale in Metamora He found the rabbit ear handlebars The first time it turned over He only had to kick it twice And the sound poured through the neighborhood And echoed through the night When he shut it off, I remember asking Why was it leaking oil? Son, that's how you know it's a Harley Cause it marks its territory in the road fall behind me As my wheels roll on Rolling 90 miles an hour Just trying my best To hold on On the weekends You would find him Heading out of town Riding through the twisties the rubber side down, from Fruitdale to Bean Blossom, through Nashville and Nambon, out to Stony Lonesome, circling back towards Lake Monroe, rumbling through the hillside, past covered bridges and round bonds, Peace signs, little old ladies staring at his tattooed arms, throwing peace signs to the Amish, Quakers, and Mennonites, flipping the finger at politicians, preachers, and other parasites, singing hail to Hoosier National, hail to the yellowwood tree, hail to the ragged, to the lonesome, and Stepped out to feed the dogs When he saw the barn door open Someone cut the padlock off Someone stole the chopper In the middle of the night But it was much more than that went missing When you take a man's bike After six months of looking And wondering what went down Someone said they saw the panhead At a biker clubhouse He set up late that evening Making plans with my Uncle Mike then they drove off at 2 a.m. to the indiana night May the road fall behind me as my wheels roll on rolling 90 miles an hour just trying my coming up the street. It was my dad and his panted chopper with a grin on his face. He never talked about what happened or how he got the bike back. Where well, he went in with shotguns, pistols, brass knuckles, and baseball bats. Now that I'm a little bit older, I think the most likely scenario is he walked into the clubhouse and told the bikers a story about how he built the bike with his bare hands from spare parts he found lying around, how he built it with his son. And couldn't take this line down maybe since he walked in unarmed it was seen as a sign of strength walking straight into their clubhouse having nerve to speak his piece few men would face the consequences of grabbing the bike and walking outside but i believe even the toughest bikers appreciate the bond between a man and his bike may the
0: Said, "Son, I'm gonna build a chopper. It'll be the finest on the road." I used to live in a house at 49th and College in the north side of Indianapolis. I made an album called "49th and Melancholy." That's an album I made when I lived there. That's what I would call that little intersection there. Down the street, there was an all-ages venue called the sitcom, and I would walk down there and see all the kids playing. A lot of the people who were playing in bands inside there are some of my best friends now, but at the time I was a little older than them and I didn't, I wanted to go inside and I wanted to hang out, but I didn't want to be that guy. You know, we've all been to the high school party where that star quarterback is 23 years old and he's still going to high school parties cause he hasn't moved on from that. I didn't want to be that guy. So I would just stand out on the sidewalk and, you know, and watch Rancid, you know, or whoever came touring through. And when I was a kid, I would go to every all-ages show you could think of. A place would usually open up and be open for about two months before the cops shut it down. Everybody would do everything they could to not advertise shows so that, you know, the authorities didn't find out about it. Just word of mouth through kids. And the longer that kids could keep quiet about it outside of, teenage circles the longer these places would stay open it's funny that we call it all ages because all ages should include gray-bearded folk singers like myself but all ages tends to insinuate something a little bit younger but uh all of those things were going through my head when i when i wrote this song also there's a line in there about a girl with a silver face combo I'm kind of thinking of Jesse Zazu from those darlings. When I think of that, she lived in the house next to mine and he's Nashville for a couple of years. And she died a few years ago, but she was just wonderful in every way, cared about things that were important in the world and fought for justice and equality and just a beautiful, beautiful person. So I'm thinking of her. I don't want to be heavy handed about that. So I'll just leave it at that. But also when I say fountain square Stair. That's a neighborhood here in Indianapolis I used to live in, and it was pretty run down, and it's a very popular neighborhood now and expensive properties. But when I lived there, it was very low rent, very run down, and there were people that would walk around just stoned out of their mind. I don't know what they were on, but you would just see them all day long, and it became a euphemism for uh, me and my friends when – you know if somebody's just really 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 high drunk or whatever we would refer to them having the fountain square stare so that was a something my friend circle talked about that kind of fell by the wayside and i used it for the title of this song So here's the fountain square stare
1: out past the dead hearted strip mall america i saw them coming up the road Kids with homemade patches Hanging flowers on telephone poles I walked over and asked who was playing They said it was a band from the neighborhood All the kids have been passing their cassette around And they just got back from their first tour I need some glimmers. Depths of winters, the snow falls I'm feeling nowhere I wanna go to the old edge show Gonna stand there by the fountain square yeah. I stumbled down to the abandoned warehouse A few dozen kids were hanging out a spot against the back wall, windows were fogged as the sweat streamed down, standing with my hands in my back pockets, the kids were swaying side to side, a girl cut loose on a sober face combo, closed my eyes, and got ready to take a ride, she let it rain, Down. and the band was starting to tear down, I was remembered back when I was their age, just looking for fun and trying to mess about, I saw the band smoking by the back door, I offered to drive them anyway you better be careful with them left-handed cigarettes. You just might end up with a fountain square stare. I need some glimmer in these depths and winter the slow
0: This last chapter that I leave you with is a true story as told to me around a campfire in Iowa by the great hobo steam train Mari Graham. Adman, this other hobo, sat right next to me while he told this story about Adman. But Lord Open Road was a hobo who was murdered in Dallart, Texas, in a rail yard there in 1981 and it took two years before the hobo community found out that he had been buried in a pauper's grave and steam train immediately asked Adman if he would hop a train and go down there and get the remains of lord open road he'd been cremated and put into a wooden box and there were two other coffins stacked on top of his he was in a you know, just a pauper's grave where they stacked them three high on top of each other. And this is the story of how Adman went down there and got the remains of Lord Open Road and returned them to Iowa. Adman has a really, really interesting life story. He was homeless in road trains for over 10 years. He was arrested over 100 times, was a hopeless alcoholic, and somehow got clean and got off the road. And he got him a straight job. And he's actually a very, very smart man, very smart. when you talk to him, you could tell this is there's a lot going on there and he actually did well in his job and he ended up starting his own business and became very wealthy. But he had this history of being on the road and you know, like I said, alcoholic arrested over a hundred times. It's not the person that you think is going to turn it around, but it's a it's a nice reminder that. You know, there's always a possibility that, that we can do it. And this is also a story of being true to your friends and uh, you know, the people that you can count on. But this story was told to me by Steam Train himself. And this is the best of my recollection of a story told thirty years ago. That I've wanted to turn it into a song for a while. I should also say that Adman passed away a few years ago and hearing about his passing is what kind of reminded me of this story and led to me writing this song before i play it i just want to remind you all go to otisgibbs.com and on the front page is the pre-sale for this album and if you find it in the future you know you can still look it up and it'll be released september 18th 2020 but i will leave you with the story as told to me by steam train Mari graham this is Lord Open Road. Ad-Man Sit next to me as a fire
1: sang and I learned this story from Steam Train About the death of Lord Open Road If you want to survive Beyond the reach of polite society Man can't sit by idly got to live by code back in 1981 in a real yard in Dallas Texas amidst the hopeless and reckless two low life wretches appeared they took turns beating open road some say horribly and obscenely Tied him to a piece of farm machinery, took his money and bought some beer. They came back later that night. One pulled out a knife and stabbed him in the chest. Drank the beer as they watched him bleed to death, all for $3.65. took two years for the word to get out. The Lord open road had caught the westbound. It was lying in a pauper's grave of Texas red ground. Stacked three high and two abreast. That man paid for disinterment and cremation. Hopped a train to Dollard Station. All the way from Minneapolis. When they dug up the remains, the cheap plywood coffin collapsed under the weight. So they cremated dirt, wood, rocks, bones, and everything into five boxes unevenly stacked. There was no way Ad Man could carry five boxes of ash, so he dumped them all into a molly sack. And he grunted and strained as he lifted it onto his back. And started making his way towards the tracks. It was all he could do to drag 100 pounds of weight through the streets of Dallard in the Texas heat. The sun was boiling and bouncing up off the concrete as the good citizens nervously watched on. He finally made it to the train yard. He laid in the grass just past Tower Four for the side of an empty box car He somehow drugged a bag of ashes up into the train As the train pulled out he realized there was no way He could carry his gear, water and all the bags weight All the way to Iowa while switching trains And that's when he got the idea He started sprinkling ashes all along the train tracks past ballasts and bridges and factory smokestacks. From way car to engine under shoe flies and racks. Lord Open Road would ride the Union Pacific forever. Drifted and scattered into the smallest of prairie towns Past barber shops and VFW halls where they lowered old glory down Past churches and the carnival into the pockets of carny clowns Into the field where so-called illegals feed a nation By the time he made his way to that Iowa cemetery There were only ten pounds of ashes left to bury He was laid to rest, no longer to be weary Surrounded by the graves of his friends. And every spring when the blue bonnets bloom, amidst Indian blankets and thistle the blue. You'll see Lord Open Road's spirit feeding fields of wildflowers. Following the railways of Texas to the Mason City grain towers. And those who remain travel from great distances each year. On the second Sunday of August, dragon vagabonds appear, and they dig through their pockets for loose change and sacraments, and they lay on his tombstone, three dollars and sixty-five cents. Sitting next to me as a fire sang Beyond the reach of polite society Where embers burn a deeper blue Now the smoke's cleared away It's been at least three decades Since I learned the story from Steam Train And now I've told it to you